Is that is that what you think we should do? You know, or we can just, or we can just, we can just catch up for the next hour and a half. That's fine too. We don't need to actually. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Welcome that, like, to <laughs> Fired Up Podcast. I'm Andrew Hopple. Cameron, you, you asshole. <laughs> Andrew, I mean, we're we got have an intro prior to this. Anyways. We are. We're gonna have a badass intro. It's gonna rock your socks off. Well, we're hey, actually thanks recording. for being part okay, of. The- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for being part of the podcast, joking. everybody. Here at the Fired Up Podcast, we're a fitness-based podcast, and we have two very, very special guests today. Drumroll. Cameron, please make introductions. We have the Mary Sorensen. We have the Holly Stark of the Get Fitty with a Podcast. Welcome, guys. It's been a few months <laughs> since we've been trying to do this, but we finally got it done. So happy. So it locally records, so we're good. So whenever okay, Cam's cool. internet doesn't... Uh, follow through all the way <laughs> hey i have Just great like internet dude back off <laughs> little little rough but, every now and then all right so i guess to to start things off here i'm sure you know we might have a little bit of overlap between our listeners and your listeners but there's also probably a a good part that that don't know you guys yet so i guess one of you want to start off with i guess what's your podcast primarily focused on because andrew and i obviously you know we have probably the top 10 banter in the world uh and then we talk about you know fitness health and how it kind of relates to every other part of your life um so i guess what what do you guys kind of focus on so we focus on um health in every form so obviously physical fitness being part of that but we also focus on the mental spiritual and emotional and how you really need to balance yourself in all four of those areas to actually be quote unquote healthy. Like you can't really achieve your physical goals without if your mental health is shit, <laughs> essentially. Right. To put it lightly. Sense, yeah. <laughs> cool. Would you would you agree with that wholeheartedly, Mary? Do you have anything else to add? Yeah. I mean we get rambly sometimes and the train leaves all the, the tracks all the time, every single episode. <laughs> um but at the same time we have our goal focus on just like health in general. Cool. I cool. think it's <laughs> the best way to do it is just to have not, not even have tracks like Andrew and I. We just <laughs> we are just a train just barreling down the highway. Um, <laughs> would you agree? Yeah, person, you should know yeah. that that does not work for me. <laughs> that does not work for Holly. <laughs> not not going to roll with you. Not going to roll with you. Um, well, that's great. So I think I think that's a huge overlap between the two of us. It's like obviously if you have a six pack but you're depressed as shit, you know you're probably not going to be doing that well. Um, and, and just general health sort of standpoint. Um, I mean, Andrew and I, I guess a, a good jumping off point here. Um, and maybe Mary, we can start with you. Um, you know, obviously our listeners know kind of where Andrew and I come from as far as our, our own fitness journey, whether it's personally or from a professional standpoint. Um, so I guess, Mary, why, how did you go from, you know, wherever you grew up to now you have a podcast about health. How does, how do those two things bridge together? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a great question. Cause as a child, I used to eat like sticks of butter. So how did Ew. we end up here? I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, so as a kid, I was really into sports. I was like a three sport athlete. Um, my mom wanted us, she, I'm one of six kids. So she wanted all of us out of the house at all times. Um, so I grew up doing sports up until high school. Um, my senior year, I tore my meniscus and my I strained my MCL and ACL. Um, so that like kind of like put me out. And so then for a couple of years, I just didn't do anything. 
And then I got hit by a car at the place that I work. And so that kind of like put me hit back by a on car track. Through a building. <laughs> through a building. I Let's used to be- work at a, yeah. What the fuck? So you got hit by a building and a car. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. So everything that the car hit like fell on me. So I worked at a bank and like we had like teller stations. And so the car drove through the building and like destroyed me and everything in its path. So luckily I'm fine. Like I have chronic pain, you know, no big deal. But um, so that kind of kickstarted me back into fitness because of the fact that I was like, holy shit, like I've been taking my life for granted. Like my body is crap. Like maybe I would have moved faster (laughs) if I was in shape, like that kind of stuff. So it kind of accelerated me back into like working out, like getting a gym membership. I started working at the YMCA, um, which was fantastic because everybody there was like so into fitness too. Um, I met your sister there. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, so I started working there and just like got into fitness and that's when like fitness YouTube was huge. Like the Nikki Black Ketter, Christian Guzman, like things like that. So I really got into like lifting and like following those and, you know, everything in between. Um, and now I'm here, I guess. I don't really know what <laughs> this journey is, but we're here. Uh, I love yeah. working out. I love fitness. It's always been something that I've been passionate about. Um, yeah. So that's kind of my story. Wow, I can't believe shorter, shorter so version. <laughs> is that this is that the bank that you guys you guys met there? Is that right? You guys both no. there? different bank. Different bank. Different bank. Okay. Yeah. Got so so just I just gotta uh I guess ask this question. What so you said that cr- incident has given you chronic pain. Is that what does that look like? I mean, is it just like a it's like a joint thing or I mean what's going on? So essentially I had like no back issues or like neck issues or anything like that prior. Like I was an athlete, like I was fine. Um, Mm -hmm. And then when that happened, I essentially flew into like a huge metal like vault thing. So it knocked my, um, what's it called? Vertebrae out of place. So like my vertebrae are, instead of being straight together, they're like off to the side of each other. It's hard because this is a audio, so I can't like mm-hmm. use my hands to show people, <laughs> but they're essentially not straight anymore. And so like chiropractic has helped, um, physical therapy has helped, but essentially my nerves are so damaged in my back. Um, so I just have like chronic back and neck pain that'll never go away. We love that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. We love that journey. So, but, <laughs> but the thing is, is that like fitness is the only thing that helps it though. Like when Mm. I'm a lazy piece of shit, like I can tell that I'm being a lazy piece of shit because my back pain is exponentially worse. Whereas when I'm doing fitness and like in shape and like doing all the right things, it's like that kind of alleviates it. That's interesting. That almost seems, I feel like to people that don't work out, that would seem counterintuitive. Like, oh, you have back pain. You should always be resting or you should. You should try to make yourself as comfortable as possible all the time. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. People are always like, they're like, you lift, but you have chronic back pain. And it's like, yeah, but like, that's really the only like strengthening those muscles in your back is going to be the only thing that's going to help the nerves around it. So absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not a doctor, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, if it were, if it works, do it right. I mean, that just, that just makes sense. No, that's essential. When we have something like that happen, we have to try to make ourselves as strong as possible because like you just pointed out, it makes a big difference and you can feel the difference. Yeah. It's crazy. Like I'm learning so much, like even now, like at 28 years old, like I'm learning so much about my body and like what helps and what doesn't like, Mm -hmm. 
again, I had a knee injury and this week I've basically just done cardio and no lifting and now my knee is acting up and it's like, oh, okay. So you need to continuously strengthen the muscles around like an injury in order for it to be beneficial, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit on me. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. I can't believe you got hit by a building in a car and you... (laughs) <laughs> live that's insane um, they actually like holly came did in you get hit bag. <laughs> yeah they were like are you serious no girl... yeah they're like there's no way this girl is alive and then they didn't think that i saw that so they're like oh she's very much alive like get that out of here <laughs> like don't let her see holy yeah so that's like super not encouraging like <laughs> oh they, <laughs> they brought a body back. all right holly holly uh top that <laughs> I, honestly, holly was the one driving the car <laughs> That's how we initially That's met. That's actually how we met, yeah. It's like a Nicholas Sparks movie. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> oh, man. Then Holly and right, Mary moved to Georgia about... and raised three kids. Yeah. <laughs> actually, and they're all And they're all ripped and meditate. Um, so, <laughs> all right, Holly, what about you? How do, how do we bridge the gap between where you grew up and, and where you are now? Um, I would say, unlike Mary, I was not an athlete. I, like, played volleyball for a year and was terrible at it. Um, I was more of one of those people who definitely was like more of a creative kid. So when my brother would go outside skateboarding, I was like trying to film him and like make really cool videos out of it on our home camcorder that weighed 36 pounds. Um, so that's more so of she kid started that lifting at a young age. <laughs> that's the workout. Yeah, I didn't even know. <laughs> um, so I kind of grew up that way and then throughout high school, like not really into sports or anything, honestly. And it wasn't until I got in college that I really started working out. Um, and then I kind of started working out with one of my best friends who had worked in a gym since we were in like seventh grade and, um, started that journey and then kind of stopped it. And then I had met my favorite author and saw a picture of myself and it was at my heaviest weight I've ever been at. And I was like, this isn't healthy. Like you can't live like this anymore. And so that's really when I kind of took like the control and I like actually started learning about fitness and health. And um, it helped because my brother is a personal trainer and he was going to school for dietetics. He now has a master's in dietetics. So having him there helped a lot because I could ask him those questions while I was still very like new and learning. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, like most people, I would say my health journey has been very up and down, but it was just like finding that love and seeing what I could do with my body had kind of brought me into fitness. And then that, you know, has sort of changed over time, you know, like getting into the mental and the spiritual and realizing how I can't really focus on my physical fitness if those things aren't in check for me. Like that just for no one that's going to work, but especially for me, like mental health is something I suffer with so much that like... I just realized that there was that deep connection there. And so once I really put that together, that's where everything just kind of took off from me. And then I wanted a podcast for so long and I wanted it like this very like soulful podcast for the longest time. And then Mary wanted a podcast for so long and we're like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, let's just make it about all the health (laughs) and let's just do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really important thing to realize. I mean, I kind of that realization too, where I was like, oh, the physical and the emotional and spiritual are all intertwined. It's just, you might not notice it or it might take a certain thing um, in your life to be like, oh, these are all kind of connected. And if one of them is off, it'll kind of affect the other two. Um, yeah. So I guess, what do you, what do you do if, if one of those is off for you? How do you, how do you notice that? 
Um, how do you know it's off? And then what do you do to get back to where you know you should be? I mean, for me, I think the mental health is the easiest for me to know that it's off. Um, so I have clinical depression and I have anxiety. So I know when I'm feeling those things because either one, I'm anxious or two, I'm like very tired and not really that hungry. And like I can feel that depression. It's like an emptiness that I feel inside of me almost. Um even though I have like a great life. And so that's the easiest for me to tell. So when I'm feeling like that, usually I will give myself a day to kind of work through that emotion because if I feel like if I don't work through that emotion, then I'm just covering it up and that's not helping Mm -hmm. anybody at the end of the day. Um, So I'll kind of let myself have a day like I took talked about in one of our recent episodes like two weeks ago, I had like 20 panic attacks in one day. Like Mm -hmm. I ended up having to take off the whole day of work and like something like that. I just needed to give myself the day to literally do nothing, focus on nothing. But for the spiritual health, I think that's a little bit trickier because so often we can be out of tune with ourselves and our practices, whether that's meditation or journaling or whatever. But I feel like you don't feel that like you would feel your mental health declining. And Mm -hmm. so for me, it's just like really tuning in. And I know for some of your guys' audience, this is going to get a little crazy and out there, but like tuning into my spirit guides and my angels and like seeing, are they showing up for me and how am I feeling with them? And when I don't feel that connection, I know something's off. So I know that Mm -hmm. I need to have a deeper meditation, journal on why I'm feeling that way or what disconnected me. So mine is very much like a, an out there type of spiritual practice. So I can't say Mary's going to mm-hmm. have like a, a similar answer to that because I know that <laughs> I'm a it's little bit out there. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like Mary's Mary would be like, yeah, my spiritual angel, his name is Carl and he wears slacks. And he has a handlebar mustache. Um, so when you say, I'm just, I'm just getting curious now when you say, um, you know, work through it, whenever I am going through a period of time where, you know, I don't have any chronic depression or anxiety, but you know, I mean, everyone will experience those things, you know, temporarily at different levels. My version of working through those things is quite literally like physical exertion is a huge help for me. So when you have a day that you're just like, you're like way, way down low, um, you know, you mentioned those 20 panic attacks and you're like, okay, I need a day to do nothing. I mean, is that, is that a literal nothing or do you go to some of these spiritual practices that you they are like certain meditations or or do you go for a walk? I mean, what does it look like to work through that? Yeah. So usually I will go to meditation. Um, like I'll find a very calming meditation, like one of the ones I used to use years ago. So now a lot of times like I'll use Peloton meditations and stuff like that. Like I want like a deep ass spiritual meditation in this time, like not something <laughs> like kind of on the surface, not on the surface. That's not the right verbiage, but I think you guys can kind of get what I'm saying. But mm-hmm. so for me, it's like doing stuff like that. Like when I'm having one of those days, like physical exercise the next day feels really good to me but that day like i i i can't it's hard for me to get out of bed those days Mm. um like it's actually a struggle for me to get out of bed those days um and eat like eating is just something that becomes really very difficult um and so for me like working through it is just like allowing myself to feel those emotions try to see like why they're coming up without like pressing myself to dig deeper um Yes, I need to find therapy because sometimes I don't know what triggers these things and I need to know, not that I need to know, but I think it's beneficial for me to figure out what triggers my anxiety sometimes. Um, But I think that so often like 
people will kind of feel their emotion. They're like, okay, great. I'm going to do this. It's going to clear me up and I'll be good. For me, like I really need to sit in that emotion, see how it's going, let myself freaking cry for six hours if that's what I need. Um, mm-hmm. Because I I have learned that when I push that emotion down, it's going to make things even worse for me. And that next day, my mental health is going to be as shitty as it was the previous day if I don't actually focus on it. So for me, usually it's literally laying in bed all day, which is what I had last Tuesday. Like I was barely watching TV. I was just feeling my emotions and laying there all day. Mm. That sounds insanely challenging. (laughs) It is because I'm a person that is doing stuff all the time. Like on the weekends, like we're doing a podcast, I'm doing posts, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Like even on the weekends, like I'm like, oh, I'm going to have a rest, like a recovery Sunday. That never happens for me. So like when I have those days, I'm like, well, this hasn't happened in four years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Geez, that's, that's intense. I mean, yeah, that's stakes are pretty high. I feel like if I, if I mess up my, one of my areas, it's like, okay, I don't feel as good. I don't feel as confident or whatever, you know, but it's much, it seems like much higher stakes. And I think there's probably a lot of people listening. They're like, oh shit. I also kind of have those days, you know, and they might be wondering, what the hell do I do? <laughs> you know, so yeah, and well, it's gonna be different for everybody. Like, I, I take medication. I know medication's not right for somebody. Some some people go to therapy. That's something I want to do, but just haven't looked into yet. But that's on my that's on my twenty twenty one list. Get a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, so I think one one thing that I want to kind of pick your guys' brains about. Um, Andrew and I talk a lot about, um, I guess routines, discipline, and, and, and stuff like that. Um, and you know, I think Andrew would agree with me that you setting up your day is critical for how the rest of your day will go. And then obviously your weeks are made of your days, right? And so if you can set up each day really well, your, your total quality of life is going to improve quite a bit. Um, so I guess first question is, is there a morning routine that you guys generally follow and if so, you know, what does that kind of look like? I'll let Mary go first because she's got that nice smirk. <laughs> right now. I have all the best intentions behind my routines. <laughs> they just don't work out all the time. Okay. Um, I think that I was in a better morning routine when I was going into the office because I'm fully remote. Um, so I have a routine where I, on a good week, I would wake up, you know, brush my teeth, all that kind of stuff. And then like go work out right away, um, get coffee, get ready for my day. When we were doing our challenge, like I would journal and meditate before all of that. Um, now I've been sleeping till the last second until I could go to work Mm -hmm. and it's not great. And I know that, and I know that like my week this week has sucked because of it. Um, again, like I said, routine is very difficult for me just because I'm in my house. I work out in my house. Like, I don't have any, like, separation from, like, where I live and work and work out, which, like, the gym, people always say, and, like, I don't judge anybody who goes to the gym during quarantine. My gym costs $40, and I'm just not going to go there. It's, like, a hallway, and I'm not going to do that during COVID. Mm -hmm. But if I had, like, a big, like, big box gym where it was, like, spread out and, like, people weren't right on top of you, I would definitely go. Um, But at the same time, like, I know why people are like, I have to go to the gym because I need to get that separation from like where I am all day and like go somewhere and get it done. So that's, I think where I'm struggling with like routines and things like that is like, everything is where I'm at. So Mm -hmm. 
I guess I don't have one. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that was a lot of but, words to say I don't have one. <laughs> but you're also you're also acknowledging the importance because you're like, wow, it's a lot better when I do, <laughs> you know. So I mean, it's still yeah, it's sure. still obviously critical. Yeah, and of course. Like, for for like a month, I had like a solid routine, and then it was just like this past week that I fell off, but. I think that it's really starting to get to me because we're obviously in Chicagoland and it's been freezing cold. And so it's not even like you can go out and like take a walk and like that clears your mind. If anything, I'm like more stressed walking outside (laughs) because it's so cold. So I think that like there's a lot of factors that have started wrecking my routine. And that's where I guess discipline comes in. And y'all know I don't have that either. So... (laughs) Jeez. Yeah, and I, I feel in, in Michigan, it's like, well, I don't have a dog sled, so I can't really go anywhere unless I'm driving. Yeah. You know, it's like not going for walks or anything like that. And, you know, that environmental piece, it's like, I'm someone who I, I do struggle if I have to like do a at home workout. I'm yeah. like, this is this is where I chill. This isn't the space where I, you know, get sweaty and get my heart rate up. Like, what the heck? This is, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm I'm with you. You're having that that extra space where you're like, okay, this is where I just destroy my body. Not destroy. That's obviously not the goal. But, um, yeah. you know, it, it's a time and place for that. So Yeah, you definitely need separation. And that's why, like, I'm stealing Andrew's idea and trying to build my gym in my garage. So then it's at least, like, separate from, like, where I'm, like, eating dinner and working mm-hmm. and sleeping. So I'm trying to work on that. But I will, I will allot myself maybe two weeks to four weeks every year like maximum of what is acceptable to be like, Hey, the weather's so bad. Like it's going to affect my routine. And that's February because February yeah. is the absolute, even like in Michigan too. I know Michigan's yeah. a nice comfy, cozy Michigan. It's not Chicago land, but it's, <laughs> it's so cold and it, it gets so snowy. And this year has been so both of those things. Yeah, it's uh, exactly. it's ridiculous. And then I just keep telling myself, you know, March is literally just around the corner. So, yeah, I've got huge goals for March, too. And like, not that I'm just going to take February off and I haven't done that. It's just that, like you said, as soon as February hit, everything went down the drain for me. Like I was like, this sucks. Everything sucks. It's <laughs> so. it's the coldest month and the, the hardest month yeah. um, for, I'd say, outdoor consistency and there's just a lot of things that can inhibit, you know, I just got a text right now, somebody telling me that they're not going to go to a workout that I'm, uh, tr- or I'm training later today because of the, the snow and it's flurries outside. But you know what I mean? Like people, yeah, for sure. people will allow Probably. themselves to become inhibited because of the weather. And this is, mm-hmm. I'd say this is the only month where I'd be like, yeah, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And luckily it's the shortest month. So we're going to get yeah, through it. It's dog shit. I, I was telling Abby, I'm like, Abby, when we decide to have kids, they will not have a February. I have a February birthday and I hate myself. It's it's the worst. It's like, oh yeah, let's have a birthday party inside. Like, what? No, you want to be able to play out to all that stuff. So, all right. So Mary, you know that you're not going to come on our podcast. Tell us you have big goals for March and not tell us what they are and how you're going to execute them. Yeah. Mary's over here like, well, I haven't really planned out these goals yeah. yet. Mary's bullshitting. She's like, yeah, guys, I'm going to get after it, whatever I figure out what it is. I'm the most type B person that I'm almost like type C. Like I'm my own breed of like not being on it. I can so. interrupt for Mary. We are doing our own challenge and that's okay. what we're going to be doing in March. The get fitty yeah, with I'm it also- pod challenge. Yeah. <laughs> what uh? Um, what is it? 
basically we're going to do like 5,500 steps instead of the 10,000. Um, we're going to work our way up because we're finding it difficult during like remote working um, and winter and winter to get 10,000 steps a day, which is just kind of like excessive. And we were like walking in place for a lot of it. So it just seemed, <laughs> counter- it was, yeah, it was like counterintuitive. Like you're still burning calories, but like at what cost? Like it was so stupid. So there's that. We're going to meditate every day. Um, Yo, I bet you guys could hit 10 by March. Come on. March is going to be so yeah, much no, warmer. For sure. For sure. Oh, yeah. We want like 70,000 a week. Like that's, right. that's, that's kind of what we want to average. 10,000 yeah. by 10 a.m. Um, Let's go. Hey, I've done that before. That's that's oh the God. goal. That's um, my goal during the summer. So it's 10,000 like by 10. Two hours. <laughs> I brought up the guidelines here. So it's a gallon of water every day. Meditate daily, starting with 5,500 steps at least 20 minutes of movement a day. And like on our rest days, that'll be more of like a yoga type of stretching because that's something that we're both trying to just make sure we're incorporating more of into our routine, um, sticking to our meal goals, and then just doing weekly check-in photos. So I think that Mary and I have both talked about like, so often it's hard to see those changes in yourself because you see yourself every day. And so I know, Andrew, like when you were doing 75 hard, you had the daily photos and I think that's a cool idea, but at the same time, I know I'm going to forget one day, like one day a week. So I think just doing like every Sunday when I usually will do like my, my body check-ins anyway, just like, just so I can see that weekly comparison of how my body is changing. So that's kind of what we're setting ourselves out to, to start doing just to help keep ourselves accountable really that's, in our community. It's essential. I mean, I, I do at least bi-weekly, uh, check-in with photos and measurements and stuff like that with, uh, my P10 training team. So. You have yeah, to, yeah. if you're, if you're looking for that physical change, you have to keep tabs of it in that way, I'd say. For sure. Definitely. I'm also doing, um, this girl, Haley Jordan fit, which you guys will hear on our podcast on Monday. Um, she did a 22 day, um, cardio challenge. So I'm doing that as well. Um, to keep me on track for like my actual yearly goals of biking and stuff. And then, I really got to get my shit together because I'm getting married this year. So I was supposed to get married <laughs> last year, but you know, COVID. Yeah. So yeah, I'm you got to sweat, sweat really for the dress. Yeah. yeah. I gotta say, if, if, if I was, if I was Johnny or your fiance's name is Johnny, right? John, Johnny, something like that. Jimmy. John, yeah. John, you guys yeah. are buds now. You can call him Johnny. <laughs> if I was jo- Johnny, makes him sound way, way cooler. Uh, if I was Johnny or Brandon, and if I saw yeah. either of you walking in place, I'd be like, "Is my fiance broken? Does she, does she run out of bed? Like, what the hell?" Oh, that's Brandon like, would make fun of me every day. Oh, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't blame him. But I do think that's really like because steps, <laughs> step, just in general, steps is a, are a very interesting. It's a very interesting goal. Uh, I know someone recently, they said, said, you know, um, to burn fat, you have to get 10,000 steps in. And I was like, that is probably oh, the dumbest thing. I've, it, yeah. That has zero correlation. But I think it's a, it's a good goal to have on top of other things because mm-hmm. it means that in general, you're moving. And mm-hmm. we're not designed to, you know, a lot of jobs nowadays are, you know, well now, especially a lot of remote jobs, desk jobs, something like that you're sedentary for eight to 10 hours a day. Plus, you know, I have a 45 minute commute. So I'm sitting on my ass for so much of my day that, you know, I try to get as many steps in as possible just because I want to be moving. But I feel like a lot of times people are like, oh yeah, 10,000 steps a day. That means I'm going to, I'm going to lose weight. It's like, doesn't mean 
jack when no. it comes to that stuff. You know what, guys? The um, great news is because you're on our podcast today, Cam and I have agreed <laughs> to get you both <laughs> treadmill desks. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to be able to, just from being a part of this podcast today, you're going to be able to work from home and get 10,000 steps in by 10 a.m. No questions asked, no excuses necessary. <laughs> I will love this. Love when I get that little treadmill going, though, Brandon's going to look out from his his workspace and be like, the fuck you doing? Yeah. <laughs> what are you, a hamster? <laughs> getting, getting shredded. Uh, what about you? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, so another thing I kind of wanted to ask you two about is, you know, Andrew and I, again, it's another thing that he and I talk a lot about, but you know, we don't want to be like an, an echo chamber, right? Just having people hear what we think all the time. So I want to hear what you guys think about when, when you are on, when actually on tracks as your train metaphor would say, and, and you fall off, like, let's just say you, you totally mess something up and let, you know, specifically in a, um, physical health standpoint, like let's say with your, with your guys' challenge in March, you know, obviously you want to, you probably want to do all 30 days perfectly in a row. That is the, the goal. That's what you want to do. But if you miss a day or you just mess up your diet, you do whatever. When I happen to see you guys, how do you get back on track? What's, what's the mental aspect? And then what are the actual actions you take? Well, I think that Mary and I are kind of similar in this. Like, so we were doing another, like a different challenge with the 10,000 steps and stuff. And like both of us, like once we decide to quit something, sometimes we just really go off the rails. Like things just start to go downhill for us. And that's something both of us are honestly working on to, to be able to be like, okay, well, we don't have to do that anymore, but we can still do X, Y, and Z. You don't have to give everything up. Uh, just because you like mess one thing up. So that's something we're very much, I think, learning <laughs> and yeah. working through. Um, but I think that for me personally, like once I have that day or those few days or whatever might be where my physical fitness is off or my food is off or something like that, a lot of times I end up coming back to like, why are you doing this in the first place? And like really going back to my why, like I want to be healthy for my future kids. Like I have a little niece right now. Like I want to be my, my healthiest self to be able to chase her around and things like that, which are just such simple, I guess, sounding kind of reasons. But it's like my biggest why is because in two years I want to have a little bean inside of me. <laughs> and so like I want to be like physically healthy through my pregnancy. So that means I'm gonna have to be ready for that stage and so things like that you know occur to me and so it's like I get to do these things every day a lot of people don't get to and like that's mm -hmm. what I like to come back to like my aunt has really really bad cancer she's on like her sixth round of cancer she just found out she had blood clots so it's like I look at someone like her and I'm like she doesn't get to do these things every day she can barely move some days I get to do, I get to work out. Mm. I get to choose my food. I don't really have that many food restrictions like that unless I place them on myself, you know, like not eating meat and stuff like that. But like, that's really what I come back to is my why and the fact that I can, like I have a disabled mother who barely can walk and I can walk just perfectly fine. So those are kind of like what, what helps mm. me come, come back into the train, you know? <laughs> yeah, that is... <laughs> Yeah, all aboard. I think, no, I'm, I'm with you. I, mean, I, I have a few people in my life that what, if I'm, to be honest, if I'm being a little bitch and I'm like, I don't want to do this. I'll be like, how dare I think that? Like I have people that would be like, dude, they would trade anything to be able to do just even some basic workouts. Right. But they couldn't because of, um, like pretty severe restrictions. And so it's, 
it's just really a perspective thing, right? And I mean, even if you if you even if you don't have someone in your life that whether it's a, a chronic illness or um, some sort of disability, whatever it might be, it's like it it's still like it's not guaranteed that you will always be able to do what you can do right now. I mean, I mean, all yeah. of us are really young people. In thirty years, I'll probably look back <laughs> and and I I hope that I can say that I took advantage of my youth while I had it, right? I don't want to be a, a couch potato just pissing away, you know, my my twenties, <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> that's that, that's a, that's a huge thing. That's a really good reminder for for me, and I think a lot of people listening. It's like, dude, some, and you got to know the difference, right? You got to know the difference between okay, I don't actually feel good, so I shouldn't be doing a workout or whatever, versus okay, I'm just kind of being a little I just baby. Don't want to. Yeah, like get your ass off the couch and get it done. Right. There's, there's a fine line between those two for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mary, Mary, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, Mary, what do you have? Um, No, I, I completely agree. I mean, like I said, I got back into fitness because I was like, this was almost taken from me. And now like, I do still have that opportunity to continue. Um, But also I'm just so sick of starting over. Like I've gotten on, I've been on like the I've gotten the best shape of my life. And then it's like, once I got there, I just stopped. And it's like, then you got to start all over again. And then it's like, I have so many before pictures that I'm just sick of it. Like, I just want to get to a point where like, I'm working out, I'm eating healthy, like I'm enjoying my life still. Like, it's not like, I think that a hard thing with like, like, I mean, we do challenges, but it's different. But like with challenges or like doing programs, sometimes people will just do that. And then they're just done with it. Like, they're like, oh, well, I completed that. And now I'm at the body type that I want. And that's like kind of a trick of like MLMs is like, and I'm not going to call out any specific, but like one that I used to do. So anybody who follows me like knows what I'm talking about. But like, it would be like, you'd finish a program and then it's like, okay, just like forget about it for a while because you needed to have that before and after picture to show. Mm -hmm. So it was like, you kind of fell off track for a week or two and then you hop into the next program. And then it's just like a complete like, you're just always putting the same weight back on just to lose it again. And it's just so stupid. Hmm. And so it's just like, once I got out of that, it was just so nice to, to realize that like, you could just figure out your life this way. Like you can plan your life. It doesn't have to be a stop and go. It doesn't have to be one challenge after the other and continuously just stopping and going and gaining all that weight that you just lost back. So I'm at a hmm. point now where I'm finally like, I'm going to have like, I have goals. I have more weight to lose, but I'm in a place where I'm like, I'm comfortable and I know what I have to do to continue this lifestyle. Like Mm -hmm. it means like you don't just get to binge eat all the time and you don't get to, you know, binge drink all the time or things like that, that you could do when you were younger and then just like go out and like run a mile and be fine. Like now I'm like, I'm 28. Like it's getting harder to lose weight. Like I need to be consistent. And that's like kind of what keeps me going is like, if I fall off, it's like, okay, well, do you want to start all over again? Like, do you want to put on all the weight that you just lost and then start all over from the beginning? Like, that was hard. Like, you worked really hard. Do you want to just throw that all away? So that's kind of like where I'm at with it. Right. I think those, you know, there can be a lot of benefit to doing, you know, 30-day challenges or, you know, whatever it is. But, you know, that's something Andrew and I, again, we just drill our audience with is the way you're going to get to your goal has to be the way you are going to stay there. Now, obviously there's, there's room for doing, you know, sort of shorter, intense periods. But as long as that isn't, you know, swinging the pendulum the other way when it ends and you, you know, you just open the floodgates. And 
you know, that's, that's something I was actually curious with you, Andrew was, uh, with your, with your 75 hard. Cause that, that's not just like a, a 30 day thing or a two week no, thing. That's like yeah. after, you know, two and a half months, it, it starts becoming, and you kind of talked about this, Andrew, where it's like, it became kind of easy because it became a part of just what you do. And I guess we never really talked about this. How did you, Andrew, how do you prevent like, cause obviously you gained, you know, you didn't stay that lean obviously, but you also didn't gain like, you know, 30 pounds of fat, you know? So how did you prevent that, that pendulum after your 75 um, hard? I mean, a lot of these principles were just things that I had continued to do, um, after it was over. So I didn't just stop everything, but at the same time, I didn't consistently do my, my cardio that I was trying to work in, in order to, get as lean as I was, my, my objectives were different. And therefore the things that I was doing were different. And I, I focused on trying to transition myself into a surplus and being more lenient with what I was eating and how much I was eating at the same time, still calculating, um, quite a bit too. And with those different objectives, I had to add in different things. I added in some rest days cause I wanted to put on muscle. I wanted to focus on trying to gain because I finished off over in uh, late November, a day before Thanksgiving, and I knew that I only had a certain amount of time. I didn't have a lot of time before I wanted to start leaning out again for summer and getting ready for warmer months. So I had a time period of really December, January, and most of February to do what I needed to do, three months time. And it's essentially about the same period of time that I was on 75 hard. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. So... I just focus and executed and the principles are the same. If you have things you need to do, 75 hard is all about just doing them. And mm-hmm. it's, there's always gonna be a push or pull of, um, I don't want to do this. I don't want to eat this. I want to do this or that. It's just constantly you're at war with yourself. It's never going to be one period of time where like, yeah, if you, if you do that stuff that you're supposed to be doing for a period of time in a row and you don't give yourself any leeway, any allotment, it does become easier to continually die to yourself and not allow your wants overcome the things you know you need to do. But there's always going to be that push and pull, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. And I was actually going to ask exactly what Cam did, like how you did the 75 hard and like, how did, how did you not just like fall off the rails after that? Um, because, and you answered it perfectly, which I think is the most beneficial thing from a challenge is you take what you need from that challenge and you continue doing it in your life. Like that's, what's beneficial about challenges. But if you would have just done 75 hard and then you're like, okay, I'm going to eat little Malnati's for like every single day after this, you know, then it's like, Okay, what was the point of doing all that then? Listen, like, let's get it straight. Been- I've eaten a lot of Lumalmatis over the last few months. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, you could have just stopped working out. You could have stopped doing everything from the challenge. But it's like, what's the point of doing a challenge if you're not going to learn something? And especially with 75 hard, it's like you have to take some kind of, like, discipline or something that you're doing within that challenge and bring it back into your life or else what was the point? Like, that's so, what I see about challenges. I would say... I actually was talking about this with my my mom the other day. Ever since I was a kid, I was very, very against having to do something that I didn't believe in or I, I didn't understand the purpose behind. And it's just been ingrained in my personality and it still is there today 
where if my parents today will try to tell me, hey, Andrew, you know, don't do this or do that. I feel this like intense, like, man, like that is so obnoxious that I'm being told what to do <laughs> and without purpose. So it's knowing that of myself, I apply it and I parent myself the exact same way where if I have something that I know that I want to do or need to do, I have to give myself purpose and reason in order to be consistent and to stay on top of things. And I think a lot of people are the same way. If you try to tell yourself, I'm going to wake up early because I want to feel better. That's not going to work for 99% of people because there isn't intense and concrete purpose behind it. But if you have, I need to wake up early because I told Cam that I'd be on top of my 10,000 steps by 10 a.m. And I can't let him down because we're both doing this thing together and we have objectives that we have to crush. It's way, way easier to get that done. Also, adding in the responsibility for somebody else, too, is super important to me. If I have to get something done for somebody else at the same time as well as myself, it's a lot easier for me to uh, to accomplish something. Let me just say, Andrew just was very sneaky with what he just did there. He said, we are getting our 10,000 steps in before 10 a.m. I have not agreed to do that, Andrew. I don't know what the hell you are talking about. No, I'm that is a, doing that, that is right now, Cam. I'm doing, no, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not proposing something. You know, this isn't the first time I've heard this on the podcast, uh, you know, where Andrew is kind of signing Cam up for something. Cam, Wait, all right. Cam, Cam will do whatever I want him to do. He just needs enough time to think about it. And then he he's in. Dude, dude. Okay. So in, in, in March, I'm doing uh carnivore month again. And I was talking to Abby about it and I was like, I was like, yeah, you know, I, I asked Andrew if uh, he'd do it with me and she's like, oh, well, what do you, what did he say? And I was like, oh yeah, he said he didn't really want to do it. She's like, oh, that's strange. And did you just accept his no for an answer? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, uh, yeah, I did. I, re- I respect it. She's like, oh, isn't that interesting? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. Isn't that really unique, Abby, that I just let it be? How Anyways, all right, I'll do it. I'm in. How bizarre! How bizarre! I love it. I if love it, if only, if um, only Abby would have, if only Abby would have said, um, <laughs> "Wow, that's fine," but you know, Cam's gonna do it. So <laughs> that's true. That, that that's the way to get Andrew to do anything. But yeah, dude, I'll I'll do this extra set. Like you don't have to, but I'm I'm gonna go the extra mile. I'll I'll see you later. Um, so I guess <laughs> switching gears here a little bit, but uh, aside from mine and Andrew's unhealthy relationship we sometimes have um <laughs> I, me, me and andrew were talking about you know before we recorded we're like yo what's something like kind of kind of edgy that we want to bring up so um <laughs> so i'm not saying that like we're all gonna disagree but just in like the uh trying to create social, a fight between us in the, yeah right we're, we're trying to <laughs> we're trying to start a podcast war no um it, it was just a thing that kind of blew up on social media and it was in the news and it was a cultural thing um, and I don't even know if you guys saw it, but it was the uh, the Cosmopolitan I magazine cover with the uh, healthy at every size. Now, obviously, I have my own opinions about it, but um, I guess either one of you kick it off. What were your what were your thoughts about that magazine cover? I'm gonna let Mary go first because when we talked about this, <laughs> the energy that was coming out of her almost killed me. All right, hit us with the got into it with uh, mindset, whatever his actual name is. Me and him had a had a DM battle Who? about this. <laughs> uh, I did not know name? that. Mindset, mindset mentor on 
Instagram? Is that his name? I, I don't there? know. No? Nobody? I know you guys both retweeted it or regrammed it. Oh, you mean my, Mind <laughs> Pump Sal? Yeah, that's who it is. Me and him had it out. I, um, really? <laughs> wait, <laughs> really? What? <laughs> Super nice. We like had a really good educated conversation through the DMs about it. But yeah, I was like, I was pissed. <laughs> I'm <laughs> amazed. There's a difference between, I think her name is like Tess Holiday. She was on Cosmopolitan. She is completely unhealthy. She is, she is, Fabletics gives her a sponsorship. Like she does not work out. She encourages people to gain weight. Like I'm not for people like that being on magazines and seen as being like healthy but the girls that were posted on those magazines are on a health journey and yes they're not in their best shape right now but they're also trying to spread that message and i think that where i was coming from is like if i was like a, like in my teenage years and i saw someone like that on a magazine i'd be like okay it's possible for me to lose weight because she's doing it like she is working on her health goals she is working out like I don't have to sit here and continue getting fat because I see that she's a role model. She's someone who is overweight and knows what she's doing. She's preaching health. She's working out. And I think that the whole, like, this is health kind of helps with that aspect of it. Whereas when we were younger, it was like Jennifer Aniston with a six pack. And it's like, okay, you know, I'm just going to give up because there's no way I'm going to look like that. Like, Hmm these women have, you know, professional trainers and things like that. They're not doing it on their own. Whereas with these women, it's like, they are working hard. They are preaching health. Yes. They're not in their best shape yet, but like, neither am I. So like, does that mean that I'm not allowed to talk about fitness either? And like with like BMI scales and things like that, like technically at my height and weight, I'm overweight. So it's like, I don't don't know. I just don't like like the whole concept of like nobody except for someone who's in like excellent shape can be considered healthy because we Hmm. don't know like her blood work we don't know you know she probably is unhealthy in ways but at the same time she's still working towards a health goal so i guess that's Hmm. where i stand on it and i got like real salty with sal so So that that's i just gotta say that is freaking awesome that you and sal actually went back and forth about it that's that would be like my dream to debate with him (laughs) Um, I think it's, it's one of those things where it's like, first off, I think that's a pretty interesting perspective that you're actually focusing on where they, where they started versus where they're at versus where they're, you know, projected to be. Right. Cause I think my, my first thought was, okay, we're looking at them at where they are at that cover right now. They're clearly overweight, which, you know, I don't think is, is healthy at all. Um, mm-hmm. but you br- that's a really interesting perspective. That's like, well, how overweight were they before versus where they are now and where they go? It's like, that is a healthy trajectory to be on. But in my mind, I'm like, well, are they healthy yet? Cause you could have, you might have a teenager that's like, oh, I kind of look like them and I can work towards being healthy as well. Mm-hmm. But the, the, um, uh, I guess the, the more intense part of my brain goes, yeah, but what if someone looks at that and they're like, oh, I can I can stay where I'm at now and I can still call myself healthy. I think there's that it, – it's a really slippery it's slope. perspective, yeah, for sure. And I yeah. think that instead of saying this is healthy on the magazine, I think that it should have said this is health like, or something – I don't know, something different. Different verbiage. 
different verbiage for sure. Like that's where I see an issue. But at the same time, I have no issue with those women being on a magazine cover and talking about their own fitness and health journeys. Right. Holly, and just, I'll let you go. <laughs> I was say just to chime in. So I know one of the covers too was Jessamine Stanley, who is uh, a yoga instructor, and she is overweight. Um, you know, she's been working on her stuff. But I met her a couple of years ago when she first released her book, Everybody Yoga, and it's literally for everybody yoga. Mm-hmm. Because she wants to teach people that it doesn't matter what you look like, you can still do yoga and you can still exercise, which I think is a really cool message. And like what Mary was saying, like when I was younger, I was always really scared to go to the gym. And my friend that worked at the gym would always go to the yoga class. And I was like, well, I'm too fat. Like I can't go to yoga. Like that's not something I can do. So for me to see something like her, I think when I was younger would have been like, oh, I can do this. And maybe my journey would have started earlier. Obviously, I can't change the past. I agree. Like, I think some of the verbiage on the magazine definitely could have been changed because I think the women, most of the women they post on their covers are on a health journey, but aren't at their like ending point or whatever you want to call it, like where they want to be essentially. Um, mm-hmm. So I definitely agree with that piece of it. But like, I think that growing up in a time where thin was the most beautiful, like in the 90s and early 2000s, like that's really fucked with my vision of myself. And like, I don't think, I think it's going to take, I'm 30 and I think it's still going to take me years to get over the fact that like, I still feel part of the back of my head that I have to be super skinny to be healthy. And that's just not true. Mm-hmm. And so just seeing stuff like that, I think is just like showing that like every body is going to be different throughout their health journey and like these women are kind of showing like you can be this size and still be on your health journey so like that's how I viewed it and I just think that if it was a younger version of me like that it it could have changed how I I could have basically maybe never gotten to the point where I was almost 300 pounds when I was younger you know Mm -hmm. what I mean like I think that could have definitely changed my perspective when I was little instead of seeing you know lose 70 pounds in one week kind of stuff on magazines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. No, and like, to add to that, I also think that it's very odd because they could put a woman who is starving herself, who is overworking out, who is overdoing anything, but because she has that look of being healthy, no one would have questioned it if it was a woman who was skinny, who was in shape or whatever, that that was healthy. Like if it said this is healthy and it was someone like that who's starving themselves, no one would have questioned that magazine cover. They would have been like, yeah, that is healthy. Hmm. But there's so much behind those people too. Right. It, it's similar actually with um, with bodybuilding. A lot of bodybuilders will say what we do is not healthy. But if you're someone who's not really, I guess, into fitness or, mm-hmm. um, or if you're just someone who's not really paying attention, you look at a bodybuilding show and – Every, everyone is ripped. They have muscles. They have definition. They they look awesome. But if you listen to a lot of interviews with bodybuilders, they're like, dude, I, I you can't stay that way. That's not a healthy or sustainable way to do it. And to your point there, it's similar with, um, I'm sure it's similar with, with magazine models, right? Like you might mm-hmm. look pretty good, but also where's the headspace at? How are your relationships? You know, are you, mm-hmm. are you so focused on the way you look that you're ignoring everyone else. Right. And I think there's, there is a way to look healthy and be healthy, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's just a, it's a huge, huge perspective. I think you're right. thing. It's, it's a definitely like gray area. And that's like where me and 
say I'll like ended up with our conversation was just that, you know, someone can look at that and be like me and Holly, where it's like, yes, you know, anybody can be healthy, like anybody can be on a health journey, but there's also people who are lazy and will see that and be like, and that's why I said the Tess Holiday thing is that she was on the, the cover of Cosmopolitan. It started an uproar and I personally followed her for a very long time and she is not healthy. She does preach being fat is okay and things like that. And so I'm not a huge fan of her and the way that she goes about it. And I think that if you have that idea that like, even like the big is beautiful, I think that there's still, again, two different people can look at that and have two different thoughts on it. So it's Mm -hmm. hard to say that that's like, like I said, Holly and I would take that and be like, yeah, you know, my body may not be a size zero, but like my body's still beautiful, but someone else might take that and be like, all right, I'm going to go to McDonald's because big's beautiful, you know? So I think that, and we're going to have an episode about like buzzwords and things like that, that are in like the diet and like culture and everything like that. Because I think that there are a lot of ways, like I said, in our last, you know, when you guys were on our podcast, there's so many ways to take everything and people use those words to fit into their, yeah, exactly. To fit into their own lifestyle, like Mm -hmm. keto people. I know I said this last time, but it's like, I see so many people who do keto who don't need to do keto, first of all. And second of all, they're going to McDonald's and getting it without the bun. Like, not really the way still that McDonald's. you're... Still McDonald's. <laughs> still not the greatest for you. Like, I, I just don't... I think that people use those things and like these diets to fit their agenda. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think one of the best ways to attack this topic is to look at all the details instead of just the overview. And the first detail that I would want to highlight here is what is the purpose of the true purpose or the multi-purpose of this being a a topic piece, really? Why why did Cosmopolitan want to create this as uh, their, their cover title, right? One, it's controversial and they know it's controversial and they want to sell magazines. So the purpose here is to get people from every direction, every support, every belief system and to talk about it because all of a sudden, wow, people are going to buy this thing. They're going to look at them and they're going to make more money. And that's the main driver here. Um, Second is the content. What is the content actually there? What's taking place and what's written on this and what Mm -hmm. are... What is being inferred by this this piece of information that we're taking in? Um, when we see the ones that are more controversial, the the bodies that wouldn't necessarily be considered healthy, because if we talk about BMI, we're not talking about BMI. I'm also overweight. I'm you know borderline obese mm-hmm. because I'm tall and whatever. Um, so I don't think the context is there. That's not something that is being focused on here. If mm-hmm. I actually just brought up the um, the page that I could refresh myself exactly what it looks like. It's obviously focusing on, you know, the woman in the the shot and it says, this is healthy. And that's the biggest besides cosmopolitan. That's the biggest piece of information that you see. And then in a smaller undertone, you see 11 women on why wellness doesn't have to be one size fits all. Now, if that was the main focus here, if that Mm -hmm. was the main drive, I think that's a much different narrative, but it's clear to me at least that the main focus here is to be just like social media to catch people's attention and to to try to stir the pot and say this is healthy 
Now that's it. <laughs> it's not 11 women on why one size, you know, it doesn't have to be, that isn't the main focus here. The focus I believe is to get people to respond to this. And yeah. uh, then yeah. my, my last step after that and understanding and believing that at least is what is the purpose of that? And what is the messaging context inside of that? And I think once again, it's just to get people to react and in turn make money. Yeah. Oh, I definitely agree with that. I think that they 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 had a very clear choice in those in that verbiage and putting that being the the biggest eye catching thing with it, you know, with who they're choosing to put on their cover. I don't disagree with that. I think that that's that's the media, and unfortunately, like that's the media age we live in. Yeah. Like in my head, it's like. I would have put that that second line, that smaller line that you read, Andrew, as my thing because I'm like, Absolutely. yes, I want to show what these eleven women, you know, are doing to make themselves healthy. And that's and that's a great narrative, right? And that's something that right. nobody would disagree with. That healthy practices, you know, you don't have to be a certain thing to do to be mm-hmm. taking place in healthy practices in your fitness journey. But I think the problematic thing here is is that we're trying to paint the picture to be controversial that all sizes are healthy and that. It doesn't like that's not true because if you are at a, a greater BMI, like some you know some of these ladies on here, it's it's inherently not healthy, and those things can lead to major issues. Even if, mm-hmm. but if you're doing healthy things, that's great. That should be celebrated and highlighted. It's just I think the problem here is that it was skewed and portrayed in a way in order to get more attention and to create this controversial topic. Yeah. For sure. I, I agree with all of that. Um, I Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> and I think that we're not going to see that change. In the, like, I think we're going to see that change by like smaller companies, smaller businesses, people like us who are, are, are I don't want to say real people because it's not like other people aren't like people at Cosmo are not real people. But yeah, they're all like, crap people. <laughs> it's like I think that this the, the smaller media channels, so our podcast, your podcast, we're talking about these things where Cosmo is just like just trying to make some fucking money. Yeah. Like I and I well, think that Andrew, that's gonna change that those big medias are gonna continue to do stuff like that because it makes some money. It's like also at the expense of these women. Like, they don't know what goes on the cover besides their picture. Like, they don't know what's going to be written, things like that. Because, like, I know people who are models and they're like, yeah, they just use my picture and they put whatever they want on it. So it's like, depending on what you sign up for and who your PR team, like, I think that it was kind of shitty of them to do that to those women because now they're being judged for something that they didn't even say. Yeah, it's like they didn't even, they're not the ones who said that they were healthy. Like, they know that they're on a health journey. Like, they know that they're trying, but I don't know. I think that. I think mainstream media sucks and I think that social media, as much as there's shit on it, I think that there's more honest truth than there is in the print media or TV or whatever, like the old school style. Mm-hmm. I think the main, I the main issue that I have with something like this is just the, the messaging and how we're portraying it because we don't want to be promoting unhealthy lifestyles or behaviors and I think that's where our culture is is trending, where we want to oh, yeah. we should accept everything for everybody because who are we to judge anything about anybody else? Yeah. And mm-hmm. truth is relative. And that statement in itself is a self-defeating statement because mm-hmm. is that true? So it's I think we're falling into this weird dimension of 
nothing like nobody's opinion matters nothing's true everything is everybody else's lifestyle and that's just how it is so i think that's where this kind of this resonates so so well in that issue that i see um in the world today yeah and i think that i mean we're kind of oh sorry go ahead no 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 go ahead go ahead it's gonna (laughs) change gears oh okay I think that also there's not many people like us who are going to dig this deep into it. And there's going to be a lot of women who do look at that magazine, like while they're checking out the grocery store, see it and be like, Oh, I'm healthy too then. So I think that there's also the we're we're digging deep. Whereas other people, like you said, are scratching the surface of seeing that that surface level of just that cover. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I, I agree that it's wrong to have that, but again, it's, it's print media. I think that, I'm going to get heated about it because I know who those women are. I know what they stand for, things like that. But not a lot of people are going to look into that stuff. So yeah, I agree. It's similar, I think that- it's similar, it's similar to the uh, Jillian Michaels thing. Do you guys hear about that? She. I remember uh, hearing something, but I cannot say or know the specifics. So obviously Jillian Michaels, is she, well, maybe she says about that too. I don't know that. I wouldn't be surprised if she got heat for something like that too, but she was okay. saying, um, Maybe I'm she said in a, in an interview or a video or something like that, she was saying how um, Lizzo is unhealthy and it would be in her best interest to lose weight. And, and thing, I mean, she said it in a more, I guess, articulate way than that, but um, she got a bunch of heat and everyone's like, Oh, you're, you know, you're, you're fat shaming Lizzo. You, you hate obese people, stuff like this. And obviously Jillian Michaels as a very fit person, people just, kind of berated her but she came out and said like i don't i don't want lizzo to lose weight for you know purely aesthetic reasons i love her music my daughter loves her music i don't want her to die of a heart attack at age 35 you know because she she's carrying extra 150 200 pounds like it's a very you know going back to kind of like what andrew was saying the the thought of saying like hey you know it would be in, in Lizzo's health interest to lose weight shouldn't be portrayed as, as controversial, but it is because then people are like, Oh, well you're, you're just fat shaming her. And it's, it's one of those things where it's like, what's the difference between, you know, fat shaming someone to the point where you're just trying to beat them down into the ground because of, you know, how much weight they're carrying versus saying, Hey, what you are doing and your current like, body fat percentage is not healthy for you. And it's probably holding you back in, in your daily life. I mean, if you're carrying around an extra 150, 200 pounds and you're trying to, you know, play with your kid, you're going to get gassed so soon, right? You are literally limited in, in your daily life. And so I don't know, it's just such a, me and Abby talk about this all the time where it's a very uh, polarized world, right? Like in social media, you'll have this one side that's so, they're so accepting of everything that there's, there's no rules, there's no rubric, there's nothing. And on the other side, you have all these models who are like, you can do this too. And like, this is what you should look like. And like, no one can meet in the middle. It's like impossible. I've got, I've got one more thing I want to add in on this. Um, and then I'm done with like my two cents, but the, uh, I think one of the biggest issues, once again, that I consider here is that I know for myself from personal experience that I am the most fulfilled and my happiest when I am denying myself uh, of certain things and I'm not allowing myself to overindulge it because 
for some reason that clicks and I have more fulfillment um, entirely versus when I'm allowing myself to have all these different pleasures. I think an issue in our Western culture, whether you want to say just America or um, a broader Western culture, is that we are very, very blessed and we have an overabundance of many different things. And it's when we don't restrict these things to ourselves, one of which being you know, food, we have these major issues that stem from that. And the statistic I just pulled up that thir- currently in 2020, more than one third of uh, U.S. adults, 36.5% of Americans are considered obese. That's not a BMI thing uh, necessarily. It's just it's a body fat thing because um, you have to have quite a bit of body fat on you to fall under that criteria. And that is inherently unhealthy. Even if you have healthy practices that you're beginning, that's a, a truth that needs to be addressed and um, corrected, I would say, because it is an overindulgence of things. It's we, we get there. We don't get there overnight. You know, I've been at that point myself too. It's we're allowing ourselves to overindulge in things that we know that we don't necessarily need all the time. And we're not dying to self and allowing ourselves to become consistent and um, disciplined in order for the greater good of ourselves or for our families, like Cam said, or anything else, right? It's just like business, just like anything. And that's what Cam and I like to talk about in this podcast is like these fitness principles that we have that make us better in the gym for overall strength, aesthetics, whatever. They apply to everything else. It's the ability to not allow yourself to take it easy all the time in order to be better tomorrow. Um, And I would agree. I think that there's also so much that's, like I said, where you can take things the way that you want to take them. And that's what people do. They just write it to be their narrative. You know, like they take whatever's being said to be part of their narrative. And um, I think that there's a bunch of things that society has made okay. And it's the treat yourself mentality that everybody's about it's like oh you've had a bad week treat yourself you had a bad day treat yourself like i think that i mean i love parks and rec but tom haverford (laughs) right right 2019 love it (laughs) but also a lot of people do put that with food like you could treat yourself and buy yourself a new pair of shoes but most people are Mm -hmm. treating themselves to food there's also they call it like the mom mom wine culture where it's become so okay for women and moms and everything to just drink a bottle of wine or, you know, or if you guys watch TikTok, it's like the woman's like, I'm only having a glass of wine and she fills it up to the brim of the wine glass. It's like, Mm -hmm. like there's been so much that society has made. Okay. Because of the fact that it's, it's for self care or treat yourself or like, this is what is okay. And food is one of the number one things, especially for Americans. Like, that's one of the things that we treat ourselves with all the time. And I a hundred percent agree. I think that people use those things and there's another thing where it's like self-love or body positivity is only for girls who are bigger. Like that was like a huge controversy of people being like body positivity, but only for girls who are big, not for skinny women, like, or people who are fit. Like you can't be body positive because you're not a big girl. (laughs) Exactly. But again, it's just like people take all these things and make them so that it fits their life or not lifestyle, but their narrative. And it's just such unhealthy behavior, but there's so much out there, like you said, that's just being cranked into people's heads that they're like, okay, yeah, like if I'm overweight, it's fine. The fact that my thousand pound sisters is on TV is disgusting to me. And there's a TikTok trend of people, oh. watching, it, like, of people watching it and eating crap food. And it's like, oh, like uh, me watching my thousand pound sister and they're eating like a bag of chips. And it's like, 
okay, but like, you're not even understanding what's wrong with them being a thousand pounds. Like, right. Where, like, where's this disconnect that you think that that's okay? You know? So I it's don't know. An, I've got a lot to say about that. It's stuff, another, but. it's another level when your body is, has so much fat. It, it literally starts putting it in your forehead. That is like, yeah. I mean, I, I, I do get the perspective of, you know, they, it's, it's a mix of, cause I, I've seen a couple episodes of that show <clears throat> And you know there are. I watched the whole thing, by the way. Did you really? I can't. I can't watch it. I like they're. It's kind of funny because of their personalities, and they have some some jokes and stuff like that. And then you also realize, like, there's moments where you're like, "Oh, dude these these girls like their their upbringing." There's like three or four things that happen, and it can take you down a very very dark road mentally. Which you know, going back to what you just said, Mary, a lot of people, it's. You know, what's the difference between self-love and self-care, taking care of yourself and then medicating? Because a lot of these, uh, you know, that, that mom wine culture, right? Um, are are they just kind of having a, a good time with some of their friends? And, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, you know, get, getting a little buzz going, you know? Um, or are you becoming the type of person that uses wine to escape from whatever problems you're facing and, and food is such an easy thing to do that with. As Andrew said, you know, in America, we have an abundance of highly palatable food and that's what those two sisters are doing. You learn about their upbringing and they used food as medication and, and you can see the result mm-hmm. very obviously. I want to challenge you guys. If you have never, if you're listening to this and if you're one of these people who has never truly gotten to a point where you have not allowed yourself to indulge in maybe let's say even a week if you have never been able to in your life and i'd say that's probably the majority of us here listening um to this podcast if you have never been able to stick to a without any give without any shave on any corner for a week to what you should be eating not just for palatable um you know, flavor or for things that you want to eat and indulge in, like we're talking about, if you've never been able to stick to exactly what you should be eating in order to fuel your body better than the alternative, I want to challenge you to do that because guess what? It's really, really hard. And that's exactly what 75 hard was. It was 75 days of that plus a few other things. But truly the, once you get into that, yes, it's hard to transition into it, but once you're into it, the trade-off of these super palatable foods that you want to eat all the time that you want to indulge in on versus the the feeling that you get when your body is truly operating at a much much cleaner basis you know you're mentally more clear you're emotionally more clear um things are working better when you're inside of that and food you don't realize you can talk about you can hear me say it if you're on the other side of this and you're you've never done this but you do not understand this until you've actually been inside of it. And when we're, I mean, we've talked about emotions, we've talked about mentality, we've talked about spirit, you know, spirituality from me and being somebody who can give you reference on this because I've done it myself. I was in a much different mental, emotional, spiritual place before I had started 75 hard based off of some crazy stuff that, you know, we talk about on the podcast quite a bit that it hit me earlier in the year. And when I hit that transition point, everything started to change. The discipline, whether it was food, activity, a combination of everything, it allowed me to take control in a 
in the craziest way I've ever had in my entire life of my emotions, my mentality, um, how I was feeling about everything because I, I controlled these very few simple things that many of us, that my argument that I'm making right now, have never done. And so if you feel like you're out of control in a few different ways, or you feel like you can't gain control, I'd say start with that food, force yourself because it's going gonna, it's gonna to suck and it's going to be tough, especially if you've never done it before. But if you don't allow yourself to give any leeway, if you don't allow yourself to not hit 10,000 steps by 10 a.m. for a week and to hit all the foods you need to hit, it's there's nothing else that I've ever experienced in my life like that. And to add to that, too, because I've done this before, it's like when you start eating like those healthier foods and you're eating to fuel your body, when you go back to like that crappy food, whether it's cookies or whatever your your kind of vices, it tastes so much differently. Like you're going to find like that sweetness in fruit and then you're going to have like a cookie because I've done this and it's like, you know, your favorite type of cookie or whatever. And you're like, oh, 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 God, that's so sweet. <laughs> and like. I remember a couple of years ago, like I, I had done something like this and ketchup was something I cut out because there's so much added sugar and ketchup, like in just a regular bottle of ketchup. To this day, like I rarely will eat ketchup now because it's so sweet to me. Hmm. And like that's something where before I used to douse my food in ketchup. And like it's just like that, like you can still treat yourself once in a while. Like, yes, having a cookie because it's your birthday or, you know, it's your anniversary and you're celebrating, you're having something, that's fine. But it's like, you don't need that every day. Like keep yourself clean and see how that really feels in your body. That's a great yeah, point. And- that's a great point to make. And to, to add on that, the first pizza that I ate back after 75 hard, <laughs> it like, it was good, but it wasn't, it wasn't like my it's favorite like pizza. Yeah. Your body becomes accustomed to the things that you put it in. Just like, once again, everything else in life, the environments that we put our bodies in, our body adapts to that and it changes to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was going to say to your point, like I 100% agree. I think that, and, and for myself too, like I didn't cut out anything before. I was like, oh, balance, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I it fit my narrative, you know, <laughs> so I put that right, use that little buzzword. Um but until you start actually cutting something out, do you know how your body feels like crap? Like you can eat pizza for a week and be like, whatever, like this is how my body's supposed to feel. But then as soon as you cut something like that out, like mine was like Taco Bell. And now anytime I eat Taco Bell, it's so sad because I just feel like absolute garbage. And I'm like, I know every time I eat it, I'm going to feel like this. So I just, I don't do it anymore. And it's like, until you cut that out, like you're never going to know that like, that's what's doing it. Or like, this is how like your body's supposed to feel like optimally. I'm reading this book called Super Life right now. And it talks about how like people will go to the doctor and be like, Oh, this hurts. Or like when I eat that, my stomach hurts and like all these different, like little things that we see as little. And he's like, your body's supposed to work optimal, like op, optim- optimal. I can't speak. Thank you. Optimally. Thank you so much. Holly. This is what you're here for. Um, but Doing it's God. like, he's like, but we just allow these things to be like, Oh, like this is the normal. And it's like, that's not, your body is not supposed to feel like crap. Like you're not supposed to have these aches and pains. You're not supposed to have those things. Like you need to be treating your body properly in order for it to function properly. So it's just, I'm learning so much from it, but I think that it's crazy to think like that. It's like, oh, I have neck pain or like I have like, sometimes I have acid reflux and we just see these things as normal, but they're not normal. Like you really need to look into like what you're doing and what's causing those things. And can I just add something? Because I think that Cam and Andrew, like as as you two being two men, like I I 
don't think I've heard this really talked about on your podcast before. So for any of the female listeners, like with what you're eating too, like it can change like when a woman's in her cycle for that time of the month. Like, um, so it's like having really, really bad cramps like I get that's not normal for a period. You're not supposed to have those. So it's like one, like, and I had them for a really long time. So now I'm, I'm older and I realize that I'm working with my doctor to be like, okay, but why am I getting them so bad? Like, do I have endometriosis? Do I have something physically wrong with me? Because I shouldn't be feeling like that. Like that is not a normal symptom of periods, but because it's talked about in the media, like, oh, you'll get cramps when you have a period. People think it's normal, but like, when you do like the research, like I've read different fertility books and women's books and stuff like that, like that's not normal. And a lot of times it can come hmm. from your food choices too. Huh. Yeah. And on that, and guys might be able to like relate to this, but um with like sex drive too, women are not going to want to have sex if they're feeling like garbage from what they're eating. So if a woman's eating healthier, her sex drive is going to be higher. Hmm. I think that's, I think in general, well, I first off, made a joke, but I'm just kidding. I, I, I almost made a, uh, a period joke with me. I was going to say, I'll say it anyways. Whenever I have Taco Bell, I have my period. So I shit blood. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, uh, but I, okay. First off real quick about Taco Bell, Mary, I am so with eats you. I am a uh, Taco Bell guys. No, not anymore. Okay. Let me tell you my, my you realization real quick. Them. And then I'll go to what I really said. This is another thing that Mary and I probably have in common. Taco Bell is just the best fast food place yeah. in my opinion. I freaking love it. I I took a <clears throat> a non-purposeful break from it. I just happened to have not had it for probably three or four months. And then Abby Abby texted me. She's like, hey, I'm I'm on my way home. I was gonna get like just one thing from like Wendy's or Taco Bell, whatever. Do you want anything? And I was like, yeah, just get me, get me whatever. Like you know what I what I like, whatever. I, I ate. I mean, you know, $1. you know my usual. Come on. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know my top three, obviously. So she gets me like this new uh, type of burrito or whatever. The next day, I like might be TMI. The amount of time I spent on the toilet before work because of that, I was, I was like, dude, why are you doing it? It, it, yeah, it tastes, oh, it tastes okay. But is this, is it worth literally a half hour of my morning to pay the like repercussions? And now in my mind, it's like, it like never before it's in my brain that I'm like, dude, you like cannot have Taco Bell. Like that is yeah. you're, I mean, I'm only 25. Yeah, exactly. Right? I'm like, dude, you're not 20 year old cam where you can pack away three or you're not, you're not even 20, 24 and a half year old cam <laughs> that can pack away four things from Taco Bell and be okay. It's like, it's just, it's not, it's not worth it anymore, but um, yeah. to go back to what I was actually going to say um, <laughs> with go, cause you mentioned, you know, if, if a woman's not eating properly, the, the sex drive is way off. And I think with at least the general understanding I have is that women's body are going to be a lot more, I don't want to say delicate, but more um, sensitive to certain things. Like a lot of female bodybuilders, you can fuck up your reproductive oh, system sure. so easily. Like, it does not take a whole lot. Um, I mean, actually it takes, it takes quite a bit, but you know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, but the, the sex drive thing that that's a, such a good indicator mm-hmm. of health. If you're, if you, if your libido is way down, that's your body telling you, Hey, we are not healthy enough to reproduce. So we're not going to have that drive. And you know, this goes back to the kind of the, not the, 
health at every weight, but the, the general idea of health is you should have a sex drive. And that's something that's kind of undebatable. I mean, yeah. it's, we, we are still a, just a, an animal species and we're supposed to want to reproduce. And if you can't, it's like, oof, there might be some, some things off with that. And like, yeah. and, uh, well, well, sorry, one more thing. So Holly mentioned, uh, um, I'm going to butcher this word, endometriosis. 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 Yo, endo. <laughs> sounds like a, sounds like a Star Wars planet. Um, so with, with endo, you know, Abby and I were actually talking about this. I, I don't know who, I think someone we know or someone she follows on social, Chrissy Teigen has, mm-hmm. uh, has this, right? Yeah. She does. And it's uh, kind of common, but that's similar to you saying like, hey, like really intense cramps. That's not, a, it's not just because it happens a lot doesn't mean it's good. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. it's healthy. It's not normal, even though it's common. And that's yeah. a really big difference. Yeah. And it's, it's more commonly talked about too now. And I think like things like PCOS, like people are like, oh my gosh, every woman's getting that now. But it's, people didn't talk about this stuff back in the day. Like it was something that you kept hush hush and it wasn't widely Mm -hmm. known. And I think that even like some women who get PCOS, that all has to do with what you're eating, what you're putting into your body too. Like sometimes it just happens, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, like a lot of the things that happen with the female reproductive system is solely based on how you're eating, how you're, you know, working out your body. Mm-hmm. And just to add to this, because sharing is caring, um, for any women who are listening, there is a thing called cycle syncing. Like you should be eating certain foods during the certain phases because there's four mm-hmm. phases of your of your period, basically, or of your cycle. And like you what? should be eating certain foods yeah. during certain times and doing certain workouts. Like there's a time for a higher intensity workout and there's a time for a lower intensity workout. And most people think, well, I just need to eat, you know, the same thing every day or similar things every day and keep my workout routine up because that's how I'm going to lose weight or build muscle or whatever. Like, I think that's how a lot of women sometimes think, but you also like have to listen to where you are in your cycle. And until I learned that, and I did try it out before, like eating, eating the certain fats during certain, you know, areas and certain carbs and things like that. And it changes like how you, your period symptoms are going to be, how your, your period in general is. And like, I just think that that's something that I don't think a lot of people sometimes associate with like physical health and stuff like that. So just something I kind of wanted to to bring up, like to do research on that because a lot of period symptoms are things that are are not supposed to be there. Yeah. Wait, so what so Holly, what do you Holly do? and Mary successfully hijack all of our female listening days. <laughs> yeah, because like, pretty, much, get with <laughs> pretty, pretty much our uh, our audience is actually pretty much you like like you. I mean most of it is uh females in like your age group. So I mean so wait, first off, what um what are you talking about? Multiple cycles of uh I thought you <laughs> wait, honestly, dude, I like, legit I'm thinking like okay, you're you're either you're either on your period or or not. That's like my, what I I've never researched sure. it or anything like no, that. So, I mean, so when fair. you say when you say cycles of a period, are you talking about within the within the week or however long? It, yeah. So like your cycle. So like for instance, like mine is typically like twenty eight to thirty four days. I think um, it's usually okay. Twenty eight plus two days typically is my variation. I literally have an app where I track. All this stuff <laughs> I was gonna say Holly, that's thirty. Well, okay, you, we. Can, <laughs> I know you, you mean. Start, I know. Like, <laughs> Your cycle's between your last period and your next period. Oh. That's how your cycle is tracked. Okay. 
<laughs> Thank you, Mary. Um, so I was just bringing up because I, I always forget one of the names for the four different cycles. Um, so let me actually bring it up here. Okay, so essentially you have, oh, wait, shit, where did it go? Hang on. Okay, so you have your follicular phase, ovulation, luteal, and then you have your menstrual. Your menstrual is usually obviously like, well, we all know. Um, <laughs> no, we, no, no, Holly, we don't know. <laughs> Menstruals <laughs> okay. is when you're having the menses. Things okay. are shedding. Okay. We'll leave it at that. Not to get too gross. Yeah, that's here. so. So that's so that's your okay. So what? So what do you do in? I mean, you, you're mentioning certain workouts, certain nutrition, all this stuff. What in in the actual menstrual cycle? What are what should other females be doing? So I it's been a while since I've done like all of my research. So I know I have a book, and I will send it the name to you guys. It's called like Women Sisterhood of Women or something like that. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, but I'll send it to you guys if you want to put it in the podcast notes because that's where I learned a lot of the stuff. Okay. Um, now. I will be honest, I haven't studied this in a while because I have not been doing this and I need to get back to it because my period pains have been literally out of control. Um, But so I don't have all the information in front of me and I was trying to find an easy graphic, but I'm not finding it. But if you if you look at it and I just don't want to do a quick Google search and just have these spewing information, but essentially like menstrual cycle is usually like your lowest energy, which for me is definitely true um so that's like when you should be like that's when i try to focus more on like my yoga and stuff like that just like moving my body in a slower way where it's like once you it's usually the week after your period you are start to gaining energy but it's usually like that middle week where you're essentially like halfway from your period ending but also starting is when Mm -hmm. you're going to have your highest energy so that's when like high intensity high intensity so like orange theory cycling things like that are more of the workouts you should be focusing on and then as you get closer to that cycle kind of slowing your body down um if i find i there's a girl that i follow on instagram too that i i can't remember her name but if i find it i'll send it to you guys too if you want to include it but like she always posts like different graphics of like these are the foods you should be eating in your luteal phase these are the foods you should be eating in your follicular phase. Um, okay. But it also it's going to help when you start to try to have a baby because your your body is having those right types of fats that it needs or right types of carbs that it needs during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that's something that I want to get back to because I don't want to start doing this a month before, you know, we eventually start trying for a kid. Like I want to be mm-hmm. in this habit. So my body is like primed and it's ready to feel so that I don't have hopefully as, as rough of as a pregnancy or, you know, things like Mm -hmm. that. So there's a lot of stuff out there, but I think that just knowing in general that you have different phases and that you're going to feel different in those phases is like a good starting point for women because Hmm. like you can, like, I don't think a lot of women know that there's different phases. They think they've got their period and then the other three weeks they don't. Well, definitely a lot of, a lot of guys don't know that. So well, I'd say all guys, (laughs) (laughs) including Um, us. Sexual health is not taught properly in schools in general. Like we don't know anything about men's reproductive unless you're going to go do. It's okay. Neither do I. So (laughs) that's what I mean. Like women don't know about their own. Like they they tell you that you're going to have a period one day you'll get married and have a baby. Like that's it. Like that's your sexual health period. Mm -hmm. Every guy should wear a condom done. Like that's it. Mm -hmm. So right. I think that there's just so much more to it and you split the boys and girls in school and they learn about the boys and you learn about the girls, but no one ever teaches you about the other one. And even like mm-hmm. high school sexual health or health class or whatever, like I feel like they didn't teach us anything there either. No, I didn't but... learn anything about my period there. 
You know, you know what no, platform right. I'm going to run on for governor one day? That every every young man in high school needs to start learning about testosterone replacement therapy once you get to a certain age. You know, your mid to late 30s really should start just pumping all of our somewhat male youth with uh, <laughs> tea in order to. No, that's. <laughs> No, I agree. Cam and I are both going to do that. You know, you, it, I mean, yeah. he's he's kind of like laughing and saying it as a joke, but also like, I I do believe that, dude. Once you get to a certain age, like honestly, every um every guy I meet now that's like fifty years or older, and if they'll ask me like a health question, I'll be like, you know, the two best things you can be doing as a as a guy throughout your whole life is lifting heavy weights, and then when you get to a certain age, get your testosterone levels checked and. And get a get a T booster if you need to, because it's one thing your body should be making, but it's going to stop making because to be quite honest, you are dying, <laughs> you know, like very slowly, obviously, right? But um yeah. no, that's there's a lot of things that get that get missed in in health class. But um I do think one thing, Holly, you mentioned this is you know, when you're when you're planning to have a baby, you do want to be at your healthiest. I know there's been some I've been listening to some uh uh doctors and their podcast recently. And they're saying, you know, just the, the genetics you were born with can change depending on what you do. So if you're someone who's planning on having children in the future, you can, it's going to sound weird, but like you can change your genes that you will pass on to them. They might, they aren't going to be a perfect combination of your two parents. You're going to have an effect on them. And so to your point, Holly, you, know, you want to be in an optimal position for your, not only for your own health, but for, you know, this child that you're eventually going to have, you want them to have the best chance at having good health when they're born. I mean, that's just a responsible thing to do. And and like how you look at things, like this is something Mary and I have talked a lot about because like we've overcome so much with eating struggles and, and weight issues and portrayal in the media and stuff like that. Like we are trying to fix that stuff now and how we view that stuff because I don't want my daughter to be in that spot of of feeling like she needs to be, you know, 90 pounds to be healthy. Like mm-hmm. I was there and that was so unhealthy and that has fucked me up in my head for years now and probably will continue to. Like I don't want that to have to be what my daughter sees, like mom struggling with yeah. her food and mom struggling with her work. You know, like like that's why I'm working on changing that stuff now and working on that stuff now because I don't want to have a future generation that is going through what me and Mary went through growing up as a, as a girl and as a woman, like mm-hmm. that stuff needs to be changed. Like we can't keep doing this. Mm-hmm. It's just an unhealthy cycle. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So and I'll take my like fake mom hat off. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't want to grow up with uh, kids, you know, a bunch of boys trying to think that bench press is the uh, end all be all to overall strength. So. <laughs> Right, yeah. It, bench press doesn't equate to fighting skill, yo, which yo, a bunch most, of a bunch of high school idiots walking probably around think, uh, hallways asking um, who can bench the most needs to end as of yesterday. Popping their chest <laughs> out, have no leg muscle. It's great. I was going to say team chicken legs. <laughs> oh, chicken legs. That's right. So, so we've had you guys on here for a long time. So, I guess one more question to wrap things up, and then we'll finally let you guys go. <laughs> In, and you guys can kind of take this question in stride, however, you know, whatever comes to your mind. But, you know, something that Andrew and I like to consistently check in on and just talk about is um, the health and fitness culture, um, some of the good things, some of the bad things. Where do you guys think it is headed? And what are some things that you guys like? And what are some things you guys dislike? 
good question. I mean, I think kind of like what I was saying earlier with some, and I think Mary kind of spoke to us a little bit earlier too, like some of the things on social media, I think are being more talked about now. So like with different health journeys and even talking about like the period stuff, things like that, like those type of things are being talked about by influencers and and smaller media channels, I guess you could call them, not mainstream. And so I like that it's going that way because there are so many things with periods and sex and stuff like that that people don't do the research on. So unless their favorite influencers talking about it, they're not going to know maybe. And Mm -hmm. so I like that piece of it. But I think that in mainstream media, we're always going to have this kind of like this controversy with Cosmo. Like we're going to have these things just to get attention and we're going to have this kind of stereotypical look especially on the women's side i can't speak for the men because obviously i've never been a man um but i think that those things are just going to continue mary stop (laughs) um i think that those things are going to continue and i wish that they wouldn't but i also don't see mainstream media changing honestly like Mm. it's at this point mainstream media like magazines and radio are kind of those dying media forms which Obviously, like, I don't want them to die, but I also think that that's how they're going to keep themselves going is by being controversial and by just putting stuff out there to grab attention where people on on Instagram or people on their podcasts and stuff like that are trying to actually share real information and be candid about what they're sharing and stuff like that. And I think that that's going to help the wellness industry change while the mainstream media is kind of just continuing to halt and just push push whatever's going to make them money you know it's kind of cool yeah it it definitely did it's in all these different industries it's kind of like i'm very libertarian minded and libertarian focused it's like a breakdown of these major semi-monopolies and everything's trickling down into more of a free market enterprise because now we have all these people who have smaller platforms but there's many many more of them and you can't push a narrative that isn't true as well or as um, as quickly if you have all these different voices and opinion pieces and everybody can be heard. And it's also hard to get you know more clear information out to people too at the same sure. time, though. But it also it helps with decentralizing the information stream. And we see that, like you said, in radio and TV and everything. You know, now there's there's. 50,000 streaming platforms there you can like <laughs> you have to have like 10 different stream platforms just to watch a few different tv shows um yeah. maybe that's better for us but same thing with radio i mean we're just decentralizing into all these different podcasts and it's not like dying uh, it's just transitioning into, and yeah. i believe something better yeah and like i hope that my hope is that like the the way media like mainstream media looks at wellness and health will shift based on the people who are like us and the bigger influencers that are out there that are talking about real like real issues and real things like my hope is that it'll change i just i don't think in my lifetime we will see that change oh i think i think it'll change really fast holly it's it we're seeing it today (laughs) i mean cosmopolitan or men's health like they have to do these things in order they've always done this but they have to do this to get any type of attention to stay relevant yeah yeah and it's yeah i think they do it to make money but i don't think they they're sharing sometimes i don't think they share the right information still though oh of course not no they're no they're they're doing it a slow change i don't think so because once again every single year think how different podcast didn't exist really 10 years ago in another 10 years like all these different voices are going to be way bigger and it's going to be easier to get information (laughs) sorry we're all going to be robots 
you know you know what has to happen not to sound too not to sound too grim but um a lot of uh boomers will you know they're like oh well if it somehow got on the internet it's going to be true but those people and I'm, I'm saying this i'm saying this a little tongue-in-cheek no but they will die because yeah. um, when you get to a certain age man you're going to be stuck in certain mentalities i think people our age and younger and maybe a little bit older as well are a lot more privy to bullshit in in major media right like a lot of um these sort of ripoff schemes that Andrew and I talk about that are in the fitness culture, a lot more people are, they're getting a little more savvy. They can, they can pick it out a little bit easier where, you know, I don't know many people in their twenties that are supporting, you know, fake Nigerian princes. You know, they're all like men who are in their like fifties and sixties that think, Oh, well you got my email. You must be, you know, royalty or whatever. Right. So I think it's going to be one of those things. And, you know, you give, you give the industry or just the culture, even 15 years, maybe even way less. I mean, things move so, so quickly. Um, I think by the end of our lifetime, it's going to be the the major media platforms are going to be made up of a lot of individuals. And that's going to make the whole, I think a lot of these, you know, magazines and stuff like that, people are going to be like, you know, I'm so sick of hearing this bullshit that you just want to get attention with your clicks and your views by being controversial. I think people our age and younger are going to get, they're going to get sick of that. Really, really quick. The amount of I people who do. get that's a really great point. The amount of people who get scammed over like <laughs> robocalls over the phone, even yeah. like how many what's the percentage of millennials that are getting scammed by these things versus people who are, are boomers or you know, even a little bit older? I don't even know if anybody's around who's not a boomer anymore, but uh, yeah, it's it's know. not it's not our generation, so it's no. well, we and I think like, I sorry, Mary, go ahead. I mean, I had a lady who called in who applied to our, my company and within like one Google search, she realized that she was being scammed by someone else. Like it was a completely different email. They were using a different platform. Like she was a millennial and it's like, it took her two clicks on Google to find out that it was a scam. It's like, if that was someone who was older, it doesn't always work like that. You know, like they're going to right. like continue doing what they're doing and following it and thinking that it's correct. We're so. clarifying that you were not the scam, Mary, that the other <laughs> company. Not at all. There was like, it's like, Mary's yeah. like, I was on the phone with this lady for two minutes and she knew I was trying to steal off. No, 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 no. Like, it was someone pretending to be our company. Like, gotcha. reaching out to that girl. Yeah, reached out to her. So, wow. But, huh. Also, I just want to make a correction really quick. When I said, I don't think it's going to change in our lifetime, once you said what you said, Andrew, I think that's true. I think as right now, the people who are leading mainstream media are more of, a lot of the boomers and i think as they retire and people our age start to take over things will change but i think that's going to just take some time for that transition but like for me personally i've always dreamed at like working at a place like cosmopolitan especially with my my background having a master's in writing and like putting out these messages talking about periods talking about you know weird ass shit that is just true things that that isn't talked about in the mainstream media so i think yes i want to correct i think it will change in our lifetime but i think it's like waiting for that generation to leave so that we can actually revamp holly thanks i love that you know what you should do forget trying to work for cosmopolitan you should just start something new and then 10 years down the line you got 10 years of experience that you've Listen, been growing what do you think we're doing with get fitty over with i can't even say my own podcast name what do you think we're trying to do with this over here yeah <laughs> just never give up and you'll you'll be you'll be the better cosmopolitan because i think you could and do I, it 
I want to make a real quick comment since I didn't say anything during this whole conversation. Sorry, I kind of um, took that one over. <laughs> no, but like to, back to Cam's original question, I'm actually starting to get worried about the fitness industry um, because of hmm. people who are our age, like to be like kind of like off on, like I agree with everything that you guys said and, and the fact that it's changing and things like that. But like for someone who spends way too much time on TikTok, um, there's just a lot of like <laughs> bad things being portrayed to people where it's seen as like working out, like, I don't know. They're like, oh, I didn't, like, I sent this to you, Holly, where she's like, I thought you were kidding about going to the gym. Like, I'm not going to the gym. Like, I'm not doing that. And I feel like a lot of people, especially like Gen Z, like not as much millennials, because I feel like we got our shit together eventually. Um, <laughs> but like Gen Z, I feel like, and not to like, sh there's a bunch of people who are into the fitness and health and everything like that. But I feel like there's been a dip lately of people being like, working out stupid. Like, I don't want to work out. I'd rather just eat unhealthy and drink wine. And it's quarantine. And like, I think quarantine for sure, like screwed a bunch of people over because they're eating unhealthy. They're not working out. And then there's obviously the opposite side of it of people who did find fitness during this time. But I think that there's a lot of like bad portrayals of like drinking, eating, like, fitness isn't cool. Like, I think that that's, there's a lot of that, not that it's going to affect fitness in general on the upward drive, but I, I think, think you're that right. I think it will. You, I, I, I don't, I think there's going to be a dip in the, in the graph, you know, you know, but you know what my, what my thought process is with that, because I think that's a really good point is our generation had quite a bit of influence on, we were kind of the up and coming generation that really got the first hang on the internet, I would say in its full mm -hmm. force into transitioning into what it is today, at least. And I'd say we are, we were the first generation or, or, you know, micro generation that had to deal with the instant gratification issues. And I think, like you said, millennials got their, got their shit together. It, it was hard for a lot of us Mm -hmm. dealing with you know the the availability because we didn't when we were kids kids cell phones weren't like a real thing that people mm -hmm. didn't like they didn't use all the time it was kind of when we were coming into our adulthood almost when things started to ramp up where they are today now today uh, like you were saying generation z these kids they've they've always had this instant gratification type of uh you know place they were probably born when doodle jump was already around or something like that and <laughs> yeah, you, know, you, you have you have these issues like tiktok and all these other social media platforms that now don't have an end to them they just continue on and it's mm -hmm. hard to get off of it um and i think that's going to specifically to apply this into fitness once again i think that's going to fall into the i'm not used to not dying to myself in order to get something greater it's mm -hmm. once again, this has been the, the biggest principle in my entire life personally that I've gotten to to really learn and experience is if I want something great, I need to put away the things that I want right now for the things that are going to be better longer term. And I think that's going to be a major issue because that's what fitness is. Mm -hmm. That's the entirety of what fitness is. Besides knowing how yeah. to make it happen, you have to be able to execute that. And if that's not something that's cultivated inside of a whole generation of people, there's going to be a major issue in the fitness industry for that. Very good for personal yeah. trainers. Terrible for the industry in itself. Well, I mean, I even see like MLMs coming back on the up and up of people wanting that because they see before and afters and think that it's, you know, that's a magic changer. thing. It's magic. Yeah. I see Fit T coming back. I see people buying that again. Like what? hydroxy. What's Fit cut. T? 
you don't know what fit tea is. What's fit tea and how much is it? I mean, it's like a tea that you drink and then you shit yourself, but you lose all your weight. Oh, so you just lose water weight and then you're dehydrated and then okay. The Kardashians used to um promote it. Promote it, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. Okay, you know what the Kardashians can do? They can also just have someone just open them up and take fat out, and they can do whatever the. I'm pretty sure the Kardashians are. They're mostly yeah, like surgery. I'm pretty sure they're mostly plastic at this point. Like yeah, they're like just sure. they're built. They're 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 built in the artificial way. They're not. They like, are AI. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They are they are AI. Yeah, that's right. They, they are running simulation. Like, to Andrew's point of instant gratification, that's what these kids want. And I see it, you know, being a supervisor and like a manager at my job. I I'm working with Gen Z, Gen Z a lot more, and it's this is stressful. And I'm like, yeah, it's your first job. Like it's gotta be stressful. Like things are going to be hard, you know? And I think that they want everything to be easy and handed to them. And that's what people said about millennials too. So maybe they'll have their coming too of, you know, figuring it out. But I do see like a quick fix, a pill a whatever, like those things coming back on the rise, because I think that these people want, they don't want to do the work. They want to have that quick fix, you know? And mm-hmm. surgery is becoming very widely talked about of like fillers and liposuction and things like that, where like that wasn't talked about that much when we were younger. And now I feel like it's so like women getting like even just getting Botox. their eyelashes done all the time or Botox or like people are talking about that so often now where it's so easy to change your appearance and change things. And I, I just don't think that that was widely talked about. Like boob jobs are big again, which like, again, we had these phases too with millennials, but I think that all that stuff's going to come back. Like I see all of that coming back into the fitness industry. Right. And I think a lot of people, they want to be, they want to become an influencer, but you know, if you have to, you have to look a certain way. Um, a lot of people are doing these, you know, there's a million ways to uh, make a quick buck, right? Like I'm sure we've all seen ads of like, here are my clients and they made $2,600 a day and yeah. are doing drop shipping and no experience, no money down. It's like, okay, if, 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 if it looks like bullshit and smells like bullshit, it's bullshit, right? I mean, that yeah. just, and, and a lot of people that are younger, they're like, oh, well, that guy looks just like me and he's in front of a Lamborghini and he says, I don't need any experience or anything. You know, like it's almost a new, it, <laughs> I feel like dropshipping and things like that are the new Nigerian princes. You know, they're yeah. like, they're, they're replaced. No, but they are, right? It's like, yeah, oh, do, sure. do my course for a hundred bucks and you'll make this amount of money, you yeah. know, whatever. But um, yeah, it's just, people are always going to be scamming whoever they can and people will but adapt. The, but, um, the bottom end of the millennials and the top end of Gen Z, I think that that's the kind of people that are going to want coaches or trainers. They're the ones who are finally getting into the things that we were on our way to or have been on our way to um i think that it's like the bottom half of gen z that's gonna fall back into those traps and want instant Mm. gratification and need those things but i i do think that this is a great time for people to want coaches and to want trainers and you got to get in before that hey girl message from the mlms you know (laughs) hey girl (laughs) that's right hey sis uh (laughs) yeah Yeah. we're sisters we're bffs yeah right well i think think that's a a your own business (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you want no salary like, yeah right yeah well, i think that's a, i think that's a great place to wrap up where can um i guess where can people find your podcast your you guys on social media all your all your platforms where are you guys at um well my personal instagram is holly stark underscore and it's h-o-l-l-i-e and then we're also on instagram with the podcast at get fitty with a pod or you can find that apple spotify google 
Fat Jazz. And I'll let you uh, say your Instagram handle before I mess it up, Mary. Mine is at M Sorensen, S O R E N S E N 14, um, not O N E N. And you can email us at getfittywithitpod at gmail.com. Also, what do you guys, what do you guys got coming up for the podcast? We got a lot of interviews coming up, man. <laughs> so we have two interviews today. We're actually interviewing Andrew's sister today. Yep. <laughs> 7 p.m. Central and Time. Cousin, so. The very most successful Hopple child out of the three. <laughs> so we have that For coming now. up. We also have uh, our first author on the podcast that we're recording later today. Um we have a dental hygienist coming on. So we've been getting really into dental health and how that mm-hmm. can, you know, you can get like Alzheimer's and different diseases by just not taking care of your dental health. Mm-hmm. And so we're really focusing on that type of stuff. Um, thankfully, I got friends in the dental industry. Um, friends and in high places, we, you know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we just are, we're in the process of booking a decently sized youtuber that is all about health and fitness so very excited for her i'm not gonna say the name yet oh i was gonna guess it was sal on it but i'll tell you guys Mary was like shit already. talking and <laughs> she was like hey by the way do you want to be on my podcast yeah. not up or shut up all right <laughs> um so yeah we have a lot of really fun things we also just have like a lot of fun episodes coming of you know like the buzzwords what the deal of with self-love is just like different stuff like that like topics that we want to get out there to people mm-hmm. yeah and tomorrow, awesome. we, or no, today's not Sunday. On Monday, we have Haley Jordan Fit, which I'm so stoked about. I don't know if you guys know who she Huge is. Huge Gym Shark. Gym Shark. Yeah. So, who? really cool. Haley she's Jordan awesome. Fit. I think I, I have heard of that. She's been on a huge like weight loss journey mm-hmm. and fitness journey mm-hmm. for the like, last couple of year and a half, two years now. Yeah. So, a lot of cool awesome. things coming up, and we're excited. Yeah. And we'll have to have you guys back on the pod. Yeah, and have <laughs> another really good conversation. Yeah. That's right. A round, good conversation. A great conversation, perhaps. <laughs> awesome. I, I wouldn't awesome. want to get too crazy, but. <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you got some out of this podcast, please do us a favor and share it with somebody. You know you did get at least one thing. I promise you. It is like two hours of great content. So once again, <laughs> give us a share. Um, if you have not liked us on or follow us even and give us a review on uh, the podcast platforms that you're listening on what the heck give us a review as well but once again thanks for your part of it and cam do you have anything for the people this week i have a challenge i'll be hijacking whoa whoa steering this this plane (laughs) (laughs) sorry i've been thinking about this i've been waiting for this part She's like, okay. I was, I was waiting to to swipe it from Cam. Holly's so, just there salivating, waiting. She's like, "Come on, let me." All right, go for it. Go for what it. Is Andrew so do it? what is it? I know that you guys have different types of challenges every week that you challenge us with. So this week, I want to challenge your listeners to try to meditate, even if it's one minute. Just even if it's a walking meditation, maybe a biking meditation, there is movement meditations out there. If you do not know, just try because it really can help reset you, refocus you and recenter you. So there's a million and 10 types of different meditations out there. Maybe try a different one every day. But I just want to challenge people one to five minutes for seven days. See how you feel. Hmm. I like it. I, I was I was hoping you and say uh, you too as well. So I hope you know that. <laughs> Okay, all right. I will. I'll tell you what. I uh, not to brag, Expect but I some do text messages. I challenge you guys to do Meet March. <laughs> yeah, right. Join me. Well, okay, then you're gonna we'll fast for thirty days. 
<laughs> so, Let's take this offline. <laughs> I, I was really hoping Holly would be like, I, I, I want to challenge your listeners to uh, listen to our podcast. <laughs> no, we got to do that. You guys, no, you guys definitely should. I love it. I'll tell you what, I will, starting starting on Sunday, Sunday to whenever, seven days, Saturday, whatever, I will, I will do that. Yeah, okay. Me too. I'll, I'll post it. about right. it. Yeah, I want to see yeah. posts. I want text messages. Let let me know how it's going. Yeah, right, I'll write it. you a letter. Perfect. Perfect. I expect to be stamped and sealed. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right, Andrew, get us out of here. I think Andrew's frozen. I think Andrew's frozen. All right. Well, <laughs> nope, we're good. Cam, take us out of here. He's like, I can't. I don't have the ability. He's the only one that can. <laughs> so I guess we'll just free on. Yeah, I guess so. No, he'll he'll just he'll edit it out. He'll do he'll do whatever. But oh, there he is. He's back. Wait, are we done? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Andrew, we're just. We're- I live the life I deserve. Bless. Fuck a vacation, I feel better at work.